Ed, Peter, I want to go back to the beginning of that interview Mm -hmm. because I'm really struck by the degree to which Muir's language is simply steeped in religion. Uh, And I want to make a case for religion in Pinchot's view of the world. Uh, Pinchot felt that nature should be used in a practical, pragmatic, utilitarian way, which is the point at which I turn to you. So talk. let's talk a little bit about the history of the religious imperative to be useful and to work and to use nature. Yeah. Well, I think the first thing to say, Brian, is that Pinchot's religion, Muir's religion, is not the good old-time religion. Uh, <laughs> because... Uh, If you go back to the 17th century, if you go back to the first encounters with the American wilderness, it's not a great place. It's not a cathedral. Uh, In fact, it's the the devil's playground. It's a house of horrors. It's a dangerous place, and it really is a dangerous place. And there may be a certain amount of awe involved in that, but there's more a need to overcome that wilderness, that wild place, because that is emblematic of the wilderness inside because we are the devil's playground, just as the wilds are the devil's playground. So that that uh, theological orientation is very alien to both of your guys in this dialogue they're having in the early 20th century. Uh, I would say, Brian, you're exactly right about Pinchot drawing on a religious tradition. It's not that he's a secularist and that he doesn't care about nature. He, he does. He has religious feelings, sensibility. But it comes from uh, really the Enlightenment, natural religion, deism. Think of nature's God. That's in the Declaration of Independence. What does nature's God intend for us to do? Uh, Nature's God is disclosing his secrets to us, that is the laws of nature, so that we can flourish, we can develop wilderness into a cultivated landscape. And there's an aesthetic there that is a a notion of beauty in development. So it's really about realizing God's intent for man by getting the maximum use and value out of nature. You might say higher use. The first English settlers in America were quite aware that there were human beings in that nature, that wilderness. They were Uh, the minions of the devil, that is Native Americans, they were savage. Uh, And the settlers put that savagery at the beginning of civilization. You had to overcome that savagery. You had to displace those people. Uh, Be fruitful and multiply because that land can sustain a great and flourishing population. And the fact that there are a few Indians running around hunting animals, in effect, the Indians are animals. You need to cultivate and civilize them to bring them to a higher state. So what's beautiful in 18th and 19th century America is improved and perfected nature. Got it. And that clearly is where Pinchot is coming from. But Muir has this very flowery vision of nature, if you will. Ed, where does his very different kind of religious language come from? Well, it's, let's think literally where Muir is coming from, first of all, which is Scotland. Uh, but, but, but he moves to the United States uh, to Wisconsin when he's 11. There he memorizes, Brian, this gave you some hint, the entire New Testament and most of the Old Testament. Wow. He Whoa. can recite it. <laughs> uh, and then uh, he and his brother both avoid the draft of the Civil War and go to Canada where they work at a sawmill. Yeah. And then during— He just couldn't cut it. 
Yeah, apparently he could. (laughs) And so then he walks all the way to Florida from the upper Midwest uh, in 1867 in the midst of the wreckage of the Civil War. And so, you know, we pick up our story with Muir as an old man in which he's basically retreated to the far west as his last refuge to protect wilderness, but he has watched the story that Peter's describing unfold over 200 years. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that story of, of reducing the wilderness happens over and over and over again over this vast territory of the United States. By the time Hetch Hetchy comes along, there's been a whole lot of development going on. Do you think that that clears the way? Uh, clear cuts in a way, the way for a a, a more romantic view of wilderness, Ed, in the the second part of the 19th century. Yeah, you know, you talk about Muir's language. It is romantic, but it's also desperate. I mean, it's filled with a sense this is our last chance. Hmm. Right. In a way, development is degradation. Uh, Development is uh, forfeiting uh, God's gift to us, Nature is something to cherish. It becomes something outside of us, just as the wilderness was outside of early settlers. It was a dangerous place. Now this precious place depends on us, on our stewardship, or it won't exist anymore. 